Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. There are a few words that my guest today has often had associated with her. A cathedral of sound, resonance. That's what you can experience in today's podcast. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio, founder of The Baca Journey, and mentor guide for those who are on the threshold of their next step, personally, professionally, spiritually. You know there is more for you, and you want to know how to connect with the answers that await you when you go inside, because these are the answers that will guide and sustain you. I'm delighted to have my guest today, Christine Powers, who I got to spend last weekend with. So it's like reconnecting again and saying, oh, how are we going to play today? Christine is a world-class soprano an inspirational leader who amplifies the amplifiers. She empowers those on the front lines of humanity to lead further and deeper, pulling us all forward into a transcendent world. Founder of the Philosopher's Camp Movement, she has built a refuge for deep healing in the Adirondack Mountains of New York that offers rejuvenation, learning, and co-creation while in, you have to listen to this closely, micro-momentary community. Christine is a master energy worker and intuitive. Empower your voice through her musical events, attunements, workshops, and adventure retreats. Welcome, my dear friend, Christine Powers. Thank you, Lori. I wish people could see my face. I'm grinning from ear to ear to be present with you and with everyone who will be hearing our words as soon as we put them out there on the airwaves. It's special. It's special. So I have so many places in a way that I want to begin with you. But since I mentioned the Philosopher's Camp Movement, I'd love for you to speak a little to that. What is the Philosopher's Camp Movement? What are you creating? In essence, the Philosopher's Camp is about rejuvenation, expansion, and tending to the garden of your soul. And the primary focus is for those who are awake, Mm -hmm. meaning their consciousness is elevated, and they're on the front lines of humanity. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so this idea was born at the same time that I moved my life from Albany, New York, which is the capital, just about uh, to help people out. It's about two and a half hours north of New York City. And I moved north into the Adirondack Mountains, which are toward the Canadian border. And over a course of a few years, I began uh, intuitively to hear words like sovereignty, self-reliance, cooperation, respect, harmony. And I knew from being an English major in college that these were words related to the transcendentalist. What took me another year and a half to figure out is that this vision that I held 
of cross-pollinating luminaries on my land was exactly what had happened 160 years before in these same mountains with the Transcendentalists. In 1858, so imagine the landscape, we're on the eve of the Civil War, we have discord, we have a chaotic world. Ten Transcendentalists, which is really uh, the American school of philosophy equating the soul with nature and harmony and a deeper meaning for our existence. So this group led by Ralph Waldo Emerson spent the entire month of August deep in the forest on a lake doing exactly those things that I had been hearing. And I happened to hear the philosopher's camp name for the very first time on the inauguration day of our current US president. And from there it was born into manifestation. So now we're in our second year and we have four camps planned for this August and September. And participants come for five days, they unplug completely. They have a rustic experience where they are impeccably cared for. And they go out into the woods and rediscover themselves and leave behind their missions, their madness, the family, the schedules, all those things that can deplete us of our energy. And it is meant to bring about a deep rejuvenation such that you can expand further into your energetic footprint permanently so that when you go back to your life, you are sustained and elevated and you can have a deeper impact on the world. Wow. And I'm struck by the fact that the transcendentalists gathered for the first time on the eve of the Civil War, on the eve of such dissension and separation. And that in truth, we can look at this time as a very similar time. Yes. We're on and the there's war, but there's, you know, we, we, we certainly have that level of separation. We do. And I want to share a little bit further. There's another resonance to build on with that. They had intended to create a club and to purchase the land and to come back year after year. And when this camp happened, it was big national news. And so after the, the philosopher's camp, that was the name given to it by the national media, by the way. So oh. even then we had media shaping <laughs> perceptions. Uh, over the, the next few decades, the transcendentalists actually never made it back until 30 years later, William Stillman, who organized the whole thing, he was a painter and he founded the very first artistic journal in our country called Crayon. And he was from Schenectady, New York, which is very close to where I grew up, by the way. Uh, he went back and was devastated because the land had literally been trampled by tourists. There was no consideration for the sanctity or the sacredness of anything. And so I also feel that that reflects our time as well, our current time. Mm -hmm. And so there's some, somewhat of a resurrection energy to the philosopher's camp in that it was a frustrated movement in the end. 
as I think many would say, transcendentalism didn't quite make the impact um, that it could have as well. And so there's a, there's a really powerful synergy for me with that awareness as well that um, unless we are cautious about our world and our lives, um, we may trample our, <laughs> ourselves into a, a place of trouble. So um, it's a resurrection energy and uh, a cautionary tale and a mythology and an exquisite beauty to bring to all of us. And a rebirth is what I also feel. Yeah. A sense of something is being rebirthed that is so needed. You know, the world, the world is in need. And it's not that we have to focus on the need part, but we do have to focus, or we, I guess we get the opportunity to focus on what it is that we get to bring to whatever is here, whatever way we want to see that or describe that. We, each of us, each of us, every single person that's listening to this right now has to go inside, has to go inside and see what is it that I am feeling moved to offer to the world? I agree. And the sanctity with which we hold ourselves internally is that ref outer reflection. And it's so poignantly um, observable in our planet and what's happening with our planet. So this disconnection with nature um, by healing and rekindling this connection to ourselves through nature serves a really powerful purpose of acknowledging and honoring our planet or Gaia, whatever you want to call this, this home that we live on who has a consciousness, who also has a purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So because you have the voice that you have and because you have been working with sound for so much of your life and your career. Talk to me a little about something that I've seen that I know you work with, sound healing, sound healing from the inside out. What does that look like? How do you, how have you come into that? Mm. Well, the first thing to mention is that I'm a classical operatic soprano and I'm a sound healer. And the two do not go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> Although I must say, I got to hear you sing finally, finally, finally last weekend. And, um, okay, I can see the way in which they do go hand in hand. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I, I am also an activator. And when I sing, and this has been true since um, my first stage performance in second grade, um, that uh, when I sing, um, people's hearts are activated and there's a lot of crying and a lot of movement and it's beautiful. It's exquisite. And on the other end of the spectrum, sound healing is using sound, not necessarily a melody or anything that's even harmonious or pleasing to the ear, but that different sound vibrations carry frequencies that will do that same kind of activation with a part of our body or uh, an organ or our energetic field. And so in sound healing, you can ha actually have really strange sounds <laughs> that mm -hmm. emanate. And I use a combination of my physical voice. The most healing uh, instrument on the planet is the human voice, mm -hmm. I believe. 
And I have a set of 15 uh, crystal bowls that also carry incredibly powerful healing frequencies. And also I do use singing in my sound healing. And I have uh, in it, for instance, um, I have sung songs for people who are transitioning into death and passing over. And I hear a song for them. And when I do energy work, I hear someone's heart song. And so that does come into play uh, when I do my work as well. But you might hear clicks and clacks and all kinds of strange things. And, and that's a very different uh, modality than singing. But nevertheless, the power of sound. Yes. And, and it's, it's similar to... If we take the example, let's say, of our body, and each of us is unique. So let me use the example that um, I'm allergic to penicillin. Mm -hmm. So you may not be allergic to penicillin, Lori, uh, but if, if I were to get penicillin, it would make me ill, whereas it could heal you. So each of us has a unique constitution. So no one set of sound frequencies is universally healing. Um, but there are frequencies that I hear to play or emote for people that I work with to restore. And sometimes I don't even know what it is and it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. I, I just do as I'm guided and I'm on a need to know basis. And in the, <laughs> in the role of a healer, frankly, I don't need to know because I'm not doing anything. Right. Uh, right. You know, it's coming through and, and it's, mm -hmm. it's for the benefit of, of the client and their soul and they do all the work. Uh, but it's, it's such that different sounds will tweak or resonate or reboot or work with their cellular structure in such a way that it brings their organs or field or whatever it is back into harmonization and a working frequency. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me because, because I work with energy all of the time, uh, to realize that we don't have to know and we don't control it. And we don't necessarily, uh, we can't predict how it's going to unfold because we're, we're working with people's bodies and energy matrix, matrices and we're working with their consciousness. And it's like, for me, it's, I, I think of it this way. I think of, you know, what is presence wanting in this moment within this person? And what is it that's, that that aspect of the person knows is needed? That's a really beautiful way to sum it up. And I'm really glad that we're kind of meandering over to this because uh, for those of us that work with energy, it's really important that we understand where the instrument and the, the vessel and not the doer Mm. Um, and we are not the healer. We don't do the healing. And especially we're moving into a new paradigm we have where it's very co-creative. Yes. You know, and it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. and, and I can't tell you how many times I've received healings <laughs> from, mm -hmm. from being the healer. And, and selfishly, I'm so grateful that people come because I wouldn't have those opportunities otherwise. So uh, we do it together. We do it together. I love that you're saying that, Christine. I had, uh, I was actually giving a Tere Touch session the other day. And afterwards, the person said to me, the woman said to me, well, 
how is this for you to, to do this all day? And aren't you depleted? And I said, well, actually, and I said it very similarly, I get to receive, I get to receive the energy during the time. So it, it keeps me, I have to stay within that vibration. And that's a gift because we can get so caught up with our, you know, there are to-do lists. And that's yeah. where we forget. Absolutely. Yeah, my favorite days are the days where I'm offering energy sessions. Uh, you know, I just turned 50. And uh, <laughs> there's certain changes occurring with the body. And, you know, as I get older, I'm noticing different things. And the days that I'm in that role, um, and, the, you know, it brings such mindfulness to myself, you know, preparing and, you know, I, I try to bring a spiritual discipline to my life in general. And so I have a baseline of vitality and a high vibration. But the days that I'm offering sessions, I, I, I don't feel any pain and I can stand for hours and mm -hmm. I, I'm just the, the energy courses through me and sustains me. Indeed. And, and that's what I think uh, is, is a good thing to bring out, the way in which we can be sustained. You know, we think, and I hear this often, that people think they have to keep on being healed. But when we take responsibility for, for ourselves and for our own connection and for our own frequency, for our own level of vibration, then we can sustain you know, what it is that, that uh, is our own true health. Yeah, and we're already whole. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, you know, in many ways, it's just an uncovering or a remembering. And we can be whole in many ways, even if we're not physically whole. Yeah. And oh, that's another thing to bring to this whole paradigm of what it means to be healed, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm with you on that. And, and I think I heard you say the word responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. We all are responsible for our own vibration at this point. And that's why it's important. You mentioned early in the call, micro momentary community. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's important for us to be in community these days, uh, to be a mirror for each other and to support each other because um, going it alone is, is not a great thing right now. <laughs> it's not, and it's not needed. You know, the, yeah. the old model, the old paradigm of, you know, the, the guru on top of the mountain. Well, I think the guru was very lonely. <laughs> And, and, and without that mirror, you don't get to fully see who, who you are and how you are impacting the world. It's also why I find that I need to come together with new people from time to time. Because my dearest friends, and they're very dear, don't want to, as I'm changing, don't really want to see the changes. Aren't, aren't in the place, you know, to see who am I today? How is it that I've changed? And, and how is that going to impact the relationship? Yes. And we're changing so rapidly. We're really different from day to day to day. And I think that's one of the first things on the spiritual journey that we need to detach from. And it can be difficult. It was painful for me um, that not everyone's going to come along. 
And uh, I know the day, for instance, that I discovered you was such a joyful day. Mm -hmm. And for as long as our vibrations are aligned and, you know, I think of you often and I'm so grateful and I'm grateful to be with you here today. And it's a caravan, you know, but, and the players are coming and going and yeah. coming and going. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a really powerful aspect of the journey that many don't talk that much about that who who are we surrounding ourselves with and how are we going on the journey yes it's yes. a singular journey it is we are on it alone and we're so not on it alone <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good way of putting it that's a really good way so so yes yeah, so when we take responsibility for our wholeness um you know we it also is an invitation to surround ourselves with those who also have that commitment who hold a similar vibration and can lift us up and support yeah. us when in those moments where we fall out of alignment because the reality is it's it's not about being in alignment all the time for me it's gotten to the point of when i fall out of alignment or fall off the horse as i like to call it how fast can i get back on the horse yes 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 and so community can do that yes and you used the word just a little while ago of remembering, which I, I love and I, I, I speak to often. Um, because that sense of, of wholeness, that sense of there's so many aspects to us that we don't yet know about because we haven't yet remembered. Can you speak to how that, because you, you say something else that I suspect might be related, I'm not sure, um, about being a professional phoenix. Yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. I love that. Um, I am a professional phoenix, as are you, uh, as are, I'm sure, many listening to this podcast. And one of the things that nature teaches us, so bringing it around to philosopher's camp, is the perfection of life, death, rebirth, and the cycles of life. Mm -hmm. And in nature, we see things uh, living and dying. Um, sometimes in the same instance, we have a, a, a decaying log on the ground with a new tree growing out of it. And so we, we come to understand that death uh, is a natural part of existence and we die to ourselves on the spiritual journey from the moment we're awakened. And there's all different levels of this over and over and over we transform and we are born anew energetically mentally emotionally sometimes physically and we and i don't mean you know actually dying and coming back but within this incarnation and uh and so it's it's um it's a rhythm and to to make friends with death to become a magician of transformation and to build that muscle so that there's a part of you that becomes the observer. There's a part of you that's not totally 100% sucked into the ego and the trauma or the pain or the suffering. And you know at a very visceral level, this too shall pass. This too is um, an illusion and you're just stripping away something that doesn't serve you, that isn't real. And on the other side, when you rise from those ashes, you're more aware you're more fully present, you've shed some layers and you've remembered more. Yes, yes. 
And I use the word witness to, to, to speak to that place. And, and as we are able to activate the witness within us, we get, to, we get to remember, we get to have space between what is happening and mm, that bigger picture, that bigger vision. And then we get to see, wait a minute, there's, there's another way to see this. There's another way to be with this because that which I thought was absolute and utter truth is, is only my old pattern. It's only the story that I've told myself forever. Mm. And because the witness is able to see that there's a bigger picture, a way bigger picture that's out there, I get to then have a, a moment of freedom, a moment of, of reclaiming that which I truly am. I just want to keep listening to you. <laughs> and, and me, you. <laughs> I, I, I'm just basking in the, in the wisdom of, of your words and in each one. Just, you know, there's, there's a, an energy encoded on it, Lori, that is so wise. Um, yeah, I just want to reflect that back to you. Mm. I have nothing thank to you. add to make that better. It was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So you mentioned something to me about keys to true power and responsibility, you know, especially when we wield great power in the world. Can you speak to that a bit? I sure can. One of the things that I've learned along the way is that I was very arrogant and I had a lot of uh, spiritual hubris. And so what I came to understand is in those moments where I've been stripped away <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to nothing, um, I actually wield incredible power and it comes from the softness of experience and it comes from being tested by fires and it comes from the transformation because you have a capacity to be vulnerable and to show up maybe a little messy or a little raw, but that's what makes us so lovable mm. and that's what engages other people to have a real experience where we can actually experience each other at a deeper level. So I have found that this, this state of being vulnerable, and it's not anything you can get skilled at, right? It's you're shaped, <laughs> right? You're, you're shaped through the fires of transformation. Mm -hmm. um, so so one of, you know, one of the things, for example, is to embrace everything, like literally everything that, uh, so for an example of fires of transformation about two and a half years ago, uh, everything that my husband and I had built our two businesses and the contents of our home burned in a catastrophic fire. Mm. And it was devastating on so many levels and yet it was so freeing I have never experienced so much freedom because life life right with quotes had broken all the rules and so I no longer needed to play by those rules and when I scanned the horizon of my life there was nothing but potential 
everything was stripped away, including um, not just the things that we love and cherish, but a lot of the responsibilities and the weight, right? And so I experienced an incredible freedom that I had never known. And so, you know, I, I've heard this saying before that transformational experiences and crises and catastrophes, they're really strange gifts and really strange wrapping paper. <laughs> and not always the gift we might be wanting even. Right. I don't know if we ever do want it. Yeah. And, and so that was one of the most... Um, profound things that I've learned along the way. Um, and then, you know, another is, um, you know, it's, it's not, uh, things are not about me. In, in that same experience, uh, we had people come out of the woodworks who loved us, people who didn't know us, to offer us furnishings and, you know, mm -hmm. all kinds of things and lots of things we couldn't use. Mm -hmm. And lots of things we actually, with kindness, we rejected. And it was interesting because those people got very angry with us. And so what I realized was they were playing out their drama Mm -hmm. through my trauma <laughs> and it had nothing to do with me um one of the one of the sweetest gifts we did get was from a guy who ran a hot dog stand and and we got three dozen frozen hot dogs oh. because it was what I know I know it was it was what he knew to do it was what he could do mm -hmm. so sweet so sweet and so um for many people, because I'm in the business of transformation, I ended up supporting them through the experience of my fire. And so I also learned yet another, from another angle, you know, don't take things personally, it's not about you, mm -hmm. and to be grateful. Um, but also, by not accepting some gifts, we were being true to ourselves. And that was really important. Yes. Yeah. That was really important to be true to ourselves with grace, with appreciation. Um, but in a way, um, some of the things coming at us had an energy, a little bit of a dumping ground. Uh-huh. If and that makes sense. Does that make sense? Total yeah. sense. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So those are just a few things right there that, um, that have taught me profound lessons about power right? Mm -hmm. Standing in the power of my truth is to say thank you, but no thank you. Um, standing in power is to gratefully accept um, the gifts that do show up in any form, whether we say yes or no, and how sweet and tender it is. Mm -hmm. um, and then also to just really stand naked <laughs> in front of vulnerability mm -hmm. um, in a very raw time and uh, to allow grace to hold us, yeah. which, which did indeed occur. So. Um, those are, those are some insights that I've gained from that experience. That is, mm, I, I feel it. I feel the, the energy of not only of what you received, but of the way in which it moved you kind of 360 degrees into a completely new place. Yeah. Mm. And it's true. The cliches about fires are so true. Uh, the things that I miss are photographs and the spiritual items that I had gathered from my travels around the world that were irreplaceable mm -hmm. and my books. I miss uh, books. Oh, <laughs> oh, 
Mm, yes. <laughs> so, so we're coming towards a close, but I wonder if there's something, mm, I, I hate the word tip, but something of that you just feel like this, I feel moved to share with the listeners today from within your own heart. Thank you. What is arising, and I'm, I'm just going to roll with it and not uh, put any filters on it, Lori, is I'm actually hearing, um, you know, you got this. You've got this. If you are listening to Lori's wisdom, if you're listening to these words, uh, you are on a path of self-discovery. You are on the front lines of humanity. You are uplifting consciousness. And the thing is, there's no perfect time to be ready. You already are. And I promise you that Lori and I just show up every day. And I know for me, some days are messier than others. But there's nothing to hold you back from your fullness and the offering you can make, you've got this. It's already there within you. So simply allow. Simply allow. Thank you, Christine. I, I'm breathing this in, what you have just shared, and I invite our listeners to breathe this, your words in. The words and the energy and the love that come with them. Yeah. So for those people who want to know more about Christine Powers, uh, want to find out about the Philosopher's Camp perhaps, want to know about where you're going to sing next or where you're going to be doing some kind of amazing event, how do they reach you? The best place to reach me is my website which is christinepowers.com. And for those who visit and use the backslash of Baca Journey, I have a special gift for them of a song and a meditation. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, yeah, Christine Powers slash Baca Journey. I'm excited. I didn't know about this, so I can't wait to hear. <laughs> well, I, I am so honored to be part of any conversation with you, and um, I'm really grateful to have this time and, and to be, I can kind of feel everybody, and um, it's really profound what you're up to in the world. It's really interesting that you said, because I can feel, it's like I feel this whole community of people it's like both in the room where I'm sitting right now, but so much bigger than that. And uh, it is quite profound. Yeah. So Lori, can I ask you, um, because today is different from every other day, um, what would be in your heart to share with everyone? Hmm. Today is indeed a day that is different than any other day. And it is in this day that you are being welcomed into a new and very profound way of being in the world. And what this takes to, mm, to bring forward 
is your own willingness to receive it because that's all that is necessary is for you to simply receive it. Thank you, Christine, for that inf invitation. <laughs> oh, they got a double whammy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your brilliance today. I really appreciate it. You are most welcome. It is my pleasure. And thank you to our listeners for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination of your journey. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, and more. Leave us a review. And for more illumination and inspiration for your journey, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacajourney.com. And I will, for those of you who want to receive Christine's gift, I will make sure that I have that in the show notes so that you can hop over there and listen to what she has for us. See you next time. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook. <laughs>